Hi, I'm Angelica Bell. Welcome to the sustainability series of the NatWest Business Show. Throughout the series, I'm going to be chatting to entrepreneurs and sustainability specialists, finding out how their businesses are thriving and how they're looking after our planet too. In today's episode, we'll be discussing how businesses can adopt sustainable choices in their supply chains during turbulent times. Joining me is Amy Ritchie and Jake Elliott Hook, the founders of Sweet, the world's first reusable bottle made from plant-based materials. And also Dr. James Cadman, Head of Consultancy and Carbon at Action Sustainability. So let's get on with it. Welcome to the show all. Let's kick off the show with you guys. Amy, Jake, thanks for being here. Your business is pretty special, award-winning. So you've got 60 seconds to give us your pitch, sell it. Are you happy with that? Yeah, sounds great. Well, thanks so much for having us. No um, so we're a company called Sweet and we've created the world's first reusable bottle made from plants. And for every bottle sold, we plant a trackable tree in your name or your company's name. And what makes our tree planting unique is that you can see where in the world your trees have been planted, its species, and you can monitor its growth over its lifetime. Every second, over 2,400 trees are cut down and that leads to over 50,000 species per year uh, going extinct. Um, so for us, our goal is to really slow down deforestation and really get things moving on the right track. I mean, those figures are astonishing. Yeah, and terrifying. They are. And I suppose what's amazing about your product is that you you invest in it, but also you see growth, literally. Exactly. You don't just get a reusable water bottle, you get your trackable trees as well. And your bottle will come with a QR code. You can scan that QR code and you can see where in the world your tree has been planted, along with other really cool facts um, about its height, its species. Um, so it's really nice. And you can monitor that tree over its lifetime as well. So it is really unique. So you're a couple. Not just in business, but in life. Yeah. yeah. So, so do you mind me asking a personal question of how you got together and how this business venture sort of, you know, sprung out? Yeah. So we met in high school. We've been together since. Um, and we started the business. It was my last year of university. Um, I noticed a lot of my classmates would come in with reusable bottles constantly. And every two or three weeks, they'd have a new reusable water bottle. And I'd be like, oh, that's kind of weird. Like, why is that? Or and it would be the same questions that would pop up every time. Oh, I don't like the metallic taste of my water. Uh, my bottle smells. I can't clean it. And they would just bring a new water bottle in every two or three weeks. And I was kind of like, well, what's the point of buying a reusable water bottle if it's only reusable for two to three weeks? It just didn't make yeah. sense to me. Um, so that was a big kind of driver for us starting off. And out there on the market, you only get plastic, steel and glass. Those are your three main options for a reusable water bottle. And we didn't want to use plastic just because of the health and environmental impacts that plastic bottles have. So we stayed away from plastic. Glass bottles would be pretty good. But when you drop them, they're done for, they're gone. And then that leaves you with steel bottles as the only kind of other option out there right now. But steel, a lot of people don't realize that steel bottles have such a high energy intensive manufacturing process. So we wanted to stay away from steel and find a truly unique material. So how did you go about finding this new material that was going to work for your product? Yeah, it was a lot of back and forth that we took, you know, a long time to develop. We also were a startup, we had no funding. Um, so, you know, we actually had to do everything ourselves, really, we couldn't outsource anything, which was great, but of course, it takes longer. So it's just, it was a long journey, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it took a long time. Um, it was about two and a half years back and forth um, until we eventually had our pre-sale crowdfunder, which was how we first launched our business. And we had 
30 days to raise £10,000. That was our funding goal. And if we didn't hit £10,000, we'd lose all the money that we raised so far. So it was really make or break. That must have been a pretty tense time. Yeah. Yeah, it was terrifying. It was absolutely terrifying. Probably the worst 30 days ever because you're just, you're scared the whole time. You're stressing out. But luckily, by the end of those 30 days, we actually doubled our funding goal. We raised um, just under £23,000. And that's what kind of got us off the ground and, and really started our business. Okay, well, that's the basis of Sweet. And I think this is a good time to bring James in because you do lots of work with action, sustainability, and it'd be good to hear about your mission. You might need more than 60 seconds. So what do you think, James? <laughs> Thanks, Angelica. Thanks for having us as well. And and great to meet Amy and Jake. It's just a, such a great story about being innovative and thinking around the situation, around the problem. Um, a little bit about me. I've been keen on environmental issues for my whole life basically i go back to some of the huge pollution pollution incidents we saw in the news years ago like exxon valdez and uh, bhopal in india and that really got me um, invigorated to do environmental work and since then i've been doing environmental sustainability support for uh, various uh, consultancies and working with lots of global companies so we've, we've done work with massive food retail companies we've done work with smaller companies different sectors essentially we want to become that that position of a trusted advisor someone they can come to and say well look we know we need to do something about sustainability can you help us with that can you get us along that journey get us up on our feet so we're walking and then eventually running um yeah and i've been doing that now for 20 25 years and still enjoying it so people can come to you if they want to sort of look at their business models and, you know, change the way they work and say, how can I do that? How can I be more sustainable? And you're going to give them the advice they need. Yeah, exactly. We give them that kind of wide advice because we've got a team of people who've worked across all kinds of businesses, small and large, public and private. And we'll help them work out where their key issues are. We understand that sustainability is a big thing that people are trying to get their arms around and it's really complicated. So we help them prioritise essentially. Where do you focus? What actions can you actually take? that keeps you going as a business. We're not asking people to, you know, wear sandals and, and hair shirts and stuff and, and become all eco. It's about having a sustainable business so you're still here in five or ten years' time as well. So, listen, when we're talking about sustainable supply chains, what does it mean to all of you? Because it can be very jog and heavy and there's so many elements to it. Can we just break it down and tell me your thoughts? Yeah, so I think transparency is really key in a sustainable supply chain. A lot of people are now realizing where their products are coming from so they can make a proper buying choice on whether they want something truly sustainable or they want to stay with their single-use plastic alternatives. So I think transparency is really key. Yeah, and for us, that's all about from the minute it's made right up to when it reaches the customer Mm -hmm. and the team that's involved in that as well. Because, of course, ethical procedures and, you know, the people that are working with you are also incredibly important within that decision. So for us, we're a certified social enterprise plant our trackable native trees but we also employ people who may have um, barriers to employment within the local community so our team is made up of very diverse very young group of people and for us that's another really important point within our supply chain. What about you James? I I think uh, Amy and Jake have just summarised it very well I'd build on that by saying it's understanding what your stakeholders want so sustainability just to be clear is not just environment it's social it's economic it's the, it's the three pillars uh, it's been around for some time and it's making sure that organizations know what their stakeholders want and expect of them it could be environmental it could be social it could be a mix of those and in many cases it's a blend 
And it's back to my earlier comment about priorities. Where are you going to focus your, your organization, your business on? And what are you trying to achieve? What are the outcomes you're trying to achieve for yourself, but also your customers, your stakeholders, your shareholders, whoever it might be who's got a vested interest in your, in your business? Uh, and then give you that, that kind of gives you a strategy. It gives you an approach and a direction of what to do rather than going, crikey, that's a huge elephant. I'm going to try and eat in one go. If I can chunk it up into these few things, I've got more positivity, more confidence that I can actually achieve it. But James, do you think, you know, businesses and suppliers, when they do have a strategy, especially at the moment in the UK with with cost cutting, are those barriers that impact sustainable supply chains going to get harder to overcome? Yeah, we're, we're living through interesting times. You know, we've had Brexit, we've had COVID or we're still kind of coming out of COVID. There's a war in Ukraine, there's the energy crisis that's coming from it. There's lots of stuff going on. When they write the history books, they look back and go, the early 2020s were a very volatile time um so i suppose we're all in it together that's that's one silver lining to it but for me it's about looking for those opportunities we've got those struggles with the cost of living the cost of energy and so on where are the opportunities to divest our uh, our supply chain to change how we get our energy just thinking a little bit outside the box like amy and jake have they've looked at the the, the bottle um, market and the situation and gone well actually let's do something different than metal and glass and plastic what else can we do Amy, have you had to prepare for any of these issues? Yeah, so um, of course, with the rise in costs, um, we've we've had different challenges. Um, one of them, you know, I can actually tell you a kind of funny story. Funny now, not at the time. <laughs> but um, we tried to save costs on our storage facility um, and we went with somewhere a bit cheaper. Um, but unfortunately, that proved to be the wrong decision. Um, within six months, we had a fire at the place um, which almost burnt all of our stock. Yeah, the flames literally stopped right outside our door, oh, which was goodness. incredible. All our stock was fine. But then six months later, there was a huge robbery and every container got broken into, even ours. Luckily, robbers weren't looking to steal some reusable water bottles, so we were fine. They didn't touch our stock. A little bit hurt by that. But uh, thankfully, thankfully, uh, we're, we're all good. So we know that many SMEs at the moment are just trying to stay afloat, but... What benefits can come from building a sustainable supply chain? Because I guess there's still a benefit even when things are tight. Yeah, for me, there's there's a few kind of buzzwords that come out of it, like resilience, con- continuity of supply, um, making sure that you know you can stay in business. That's really what this is all about um, for me. It's about making sure that good organisations like Sweet can stay trading for years and years to come. But there's other benefits as well. You can you can win new work with your customers, with your clients. If you have got a sustainability strategy and approach to how to be sustainable that takes your supply chain into account, customers will look on you in a better way. And that that view is only growing at the moment. We see lots of clients saying, actually, when we go to our, uh, our supply chain, we want them to be sustainable as well because that helps us. Um, it's really, really important. I'll, I'll give you, I'll throw some stats out. Your average house building company their carbon footprint, about two thirds of it lies in their supply chain. It's all the bricks and the materials and the doors and windows that go to make a house. If they want to be sustainable, they need to get their supply chain to be sustainable for them because that's where two thirds of that carbon impact comes from. So we all need to work up and down the value chain to um, drive sustainability together rather than just working in isolation. Right. And also having longevity as well, what you're saying for businesses. So right now it might seem tough, but you want to still be trading and working and making money in 10 years' time. Yeah, there's kind of no point otherwise. If, if everyone tries to be um, 
kind of really the ultimate sustainability uh, that's great but we have to have a, a a bit of practicality to it as well that we want those kind of really sustainable businesses to be there in 10 20 years time um, and actually leading the way and saying Look, this is how to be a sustainable business we're doing as much as we can as best we can now considering all those macro global issues um, but we want others to work with us on this. We want other supply chain partners, other invested stakeholders to come in and say, yeah, we, we support you in this. We can work with you on, on providing you with whatever goods and materials you need. So, Jake, what sort of sustainable choices are you making with Sweet at the moment? Yeah, so firstly, our trackable tree planting is really important for us. Uh, we've planted over 10,000 trees now. Um, we're also a, a carbon negative a company. We offset more carbon than we produce. Uh, we keep a supply chain as local as we possibly can. Our packaging is literally made across the road from our office, which is amazing. Uh, but we also pay a premium to work with the suppliers that we work with. We pay, typically, it's around 30% more than the next supplier. Um, and that's just because they, the suppliers we choose, we have a really strict due diligence process, um, and we're happy to pay that extra 30% to work with a company that is interested in the environment and do have sustainability goals. Well, Amy, in the current situation, does it feel like the environmental choices that you have made when building your supply chain are coming under threat? Yeah, of course, with, you know, rising challenges comes rising costs. I think for us, it's all about putting, you know, the environment and people first. Um, we can't just forgo the environment and all the work that we've been doing just because of the challenges that we're facing now. It's, of course, difficult, but I think there's so many ways to navigate it and as well because consumers are becoming aware that they can't just you know buy cheap products and expect that to be the most sustainable option because of these costs of course sustainability comes at price unfortunately that's the way the market is at the moment but I think consumers are recognizing that and so for a startup yes again being transparent and, and making consumers aware there's a little bit of an education piece as well making customers aware that yeah, a more expensive product. It's going to last longer. It's got that thought behind it. The brands hopefully took into account everything on their supply chain to make the product as best as it can be. Well, Jake and Amy, you've been through it, seen it, done it, won the awards. What three simple steps can SMEs take to begin their sustainable supply journey? I would definitely start off by looking at the UN's sustainable development goals. There's a bunch of them there. I would have a look at them, what ones that you fit into. And I would definitely tailor your business to, to those goals. Yeah, exactly. And which ones you feel passionate towards as well. Yeah, and which ones you can realistically achieve and not just try and tick the box on. Yeah, exactly. I think customers are really seeing through the whole ticking the box strategy now that, you know, maybe bigger corporations use. So I think, yeah, really, again, coming down to transparency, like we said before. Yeah. And I mean, that was a, a big part why we made our trees trackable. Because you hear so many companies being like, yeah, we'll, we'll plant a tree. And then you never hear anything else. So that's why we made our trees trackable. And James, what advice do you give to businesses when they come to you? Yeah, I think it builds on what Amy and Jacob said with the UNSDGs. It's kind of finding what your priorities are. What are the real things that you as a business can do? Because every business is different. You've got slightly different priorities, different ways of working, different markets. So work out what your priorities are. Is it the energy you use? Is it the transport you have, the packaging you use? Is it a certain uh, material or product that you buy in from your supply chain? Where can you focus your efforts and have your, basically your biggest bang for your buck? Um, and I, yeah, I totally agree with that kind of realistic targets bit as well. I've worked with many organisations in the past where the, the chief exec or the MD has said, yeah, yeah, we're going to reduce stuff by 20%. And you go, well, 20% of what compared to what? And how are you going to prove it? 
it's that it's that robustness that is a lot more prevalent now than it used to be kind of 10 15 years ago where people were it was a bit of window dressing back then it's now a lot more or it's getting a lot more um hard and fast and people are really going to um follow up on it and say well you said you were going to do such and such have you done it can you demonstrate it to me so it's kind of being it's, it's having that rigor to it as well well james what are some of the common mistakes businesses make when trying to improve their supply chain impact Good question. I think uh, a lot of it comes down to communication. Uh, a lot of times organisations don't talk to their stakeholders, whether that's internal or external, and find out what their priorities are. They need to think about how they're going to improve the sustainability of their business. So, for example, they might say, I want to go out and buy uh, a certain amount of sustainable product tomorrow. But have they done the market engagement? Have they done the research? What are the key issues? What's the price? Basically, is it available? Um, they don't They don't go through that process. They assume it, that the market will provide. So having that research, having that communication as well with your stakeholders, really important. Well, guys, thank you so much. This has been really insightful. I appreciate all your time right now. No, thank you no, so thanks much, much for, for having us. Yeah, Really good. Really interesting. Thanks for joining me and our guests, Amy, Jake and James, for this episode of the show. Join us next time on our sustainability series for more insights and inspiration from sustainability leaders. And if today's episode has inspired you, head to our website to find more insights and potential solutions that could help you take action today. Don't forget to follow and subscribe. Until next time.